I got 15 titles on my mind Seven world ones, one hardcore And seven tags with four different guys I Take her easy, take her easy Don't let the sound of gongs and bells Drive you crazy Lights up when I raise my hands Don't even try to understand the supernatural dead man So take her easy Well I'm standing on the corner of Death Valley, California Such a bright fire I see It's my house, my lord, burned to the floor Lost my parents, brother, everything Come on, Kane, please don't blame Paul Bearer took me in as his and tried to train me. Rarely lose, I usually win. I never thought I'd see you again. You opened up the cell and climbed in so freaking easy. Running down the road and I'm all on my own Got a decade of destruction Call me big evil, not red, But do call me American Take her easy, take her easy Don't let the sound of them biscuit Drive you crazy Come on, Vincey me. I'm coming back, it's the dead man So take her easy Creatures of the Night! Welcome to episode 201 of Talking Taker. Can't believe I'm saying that. Our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night. He is a man who always lives by the motto, be kind, rewind. Mr. Travis White. (laughs) Travis. You got me pegged. I do, man. I know. You would never return a video to the store unrewound. I I couldn't sleep at night if I did that. (laughs) 
I'd go back there next morning. Like, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't rewind that. Let me personally rewind this for <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Give me this. Crank it real quick. Yeah. Well, uh, Travis, I say that because we are doing a bit of a rewind today. Of course, on this podcast, we are taking our time traveling hearse like we always do. We're taking it into the past. Uh, we've never taken it into the future quite yet, but... Uh, Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe one day. Get but, the flux capacitor on everything. <laughs> we're doing a big rewind to the days of the video store, to the days of the VHS, to the days of Coliseum Home Video, the WWF exclusive Coliseum Home Videos uh, for an episode I have been wanting to do for a long, long time now. Uh, part one of our exploration, looking at The Undertaker's greatest Coliseum Home Video classics matches. Uh, I've got a few of the tapes right here from my personal collection right here uh and man we this is gonna be a fun one because we're gonna get to discuss some guys that the undertaker never faced on pay-per-view and some really unique rare matches uh that uh give us a chance to explore those boundaries uh, of the pay-per-view matches that we've been talking about for so long yeah and some guys that he had big programs with that never culminated on a pay-per-view that we never got to talk about but some big names you know so it's really cool Really, really cool. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, buddy. Uh, well, this is, you know, very sentimental and, and personal to us, the, the days of the video store. Uh, it's very <sighs> sentimental to me. Uh, I'm wearing my old name tag from my first job at, at Video Warehouse that I've got right here. And Your I spent... name was 410? My name was 410. What do you say? What do you say? Did I say 410? Oh, it, just, it says Alex. It's just really <laughs> rubbed 410. off. 410V. That was number 410. Elon Musk's kids. <laughs> My baby daughter, 410V. <laughs> well, uh, I, I spent a couple years as a uh, senior customer service associate at Movie Ooh, Gallery. Uh, uh, yes, I was. Uh, and man, uh, um, you and I, uh, we, we spent many times Friday night or the weekend going to rent some tapes at the video store. What, what are just your general video store memories, man? Well, what comes to mind when I talk about the video store to you? Oh, the, that one, our favorite, that would never hire dudes except for Chris, who's now a referee on the independent circuit. So, no, but seriously, man, there's just something about going, even if it's not a wrestling video, just going, yes. picking up the case, yes. looking at the back of it, reading the synopsis, checking out the rating, being like, ah, I don't know, like, and just walking with your family and not knowing what's out. There was no internet being like, this is released on this day or this day. Like, you just have to go and figure out what's out, and you rent them for a few nights or whatever, and then uh, just, it was fun. Like, my whole family would go. Like, my dad would be like, hey, take me and my brothers. And like, it was a family thing. Of course, he'd rent, like, Aliens and stuff that I wasn't going to watch, but, you know, I'm five or six, but it's like, we rent stuff for me and my brother to watch or rent video games or I rent wrestling shows once you got older. It was just... It was a blast. It was an experience. Now it's just like, click, download. And like, yeah, is it convenient? Yeah. But it takes, I don't know, the experience away. So Absolutely. And, you know, I, I spend half the time scrolling and, and never picking anything. That's what, the problem I... nowadays. <laughs> yes. That's it. Yeah. My wife and I are like, hey, what do we watch? I don't know. And we'll sit there and click through for 45 minutes. And yes. Like, but that's annoying when you're supposed to be convenient. But when it was a child and you were going to the video store, that was built in. You, you had that part built in. Now it's like, we want to watch something for half an hour before we go to bed. I don't want to scroll for half an hour, you know? So, no, yeah, it's no. just different. And like you said, it was a family experience, man. That's that's one of my, I, literally one of my earliest memories was driving with my dad to the video store and picking out a movie with him. But, I mean, it was almost every weekend. Uh, yes. You know, Friday night, go to the video store and pick up 
got a couple movies for them, a couple for me. Mm-hmm. Video to Go was our local store. Of course, we had Blockbuster and Movie Gallery and all those, but there was a local store called Video to Go, and uh, they had an awesome, awesome wrestling section. Yeah. Massive. And a great kids section. Great so cartoon I, section. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'd usually get a like a Flintstones or Ghostbusters Dude. cartoon or, get, and a wrestling tape. Yeah. The Transformers with the Dinobots, I'll rent it. Yeah. I mean eight times a year and watch that same episode constantly <laughs> yeah, so good uh well they had a great deal uh there where it was five movies for five days for five bucks so the old movies were five for five for five which is incredible yeah. and that's what we're doing here tonight man we got a five for five special we got we got five coliseum videotapes we, <laughs> we got five for fighting uh and we got a bonus track even we got a sixth oh, yeah. match because undertaker's on one of these videos twice so we're going to talk about six undertaker matches on five videos we're going to take you back to those days to your long weekend uh you got five bucks in your pocket. Uh, you just went and got a Blimpy sub right next door to the video store. Uh, <laughs> Blimpy's <so> best. <laughs> you got that fully loaded with the works, and you just picked up five slabs, Coliseum home videotapes. Uh, I mean, it is going to be a great throwback here. Uh, some awesome matches featuring guys like the Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, British Bulldog, the Berserker, Sergeant Duggan. <laughs> Even... Andre the Giant, and uh, we'll talk about how that's going to happen here in a little while. Uh, So we'll give you all the details to that. Thankfully, even if you don't have a VCR anymore, you can still experience these matches. Uh, They have uploaded all of these on to Peacock, Uh, so we'll tell you exactly where to go to find these. We're not doing it watch-along style. Uh, We're going to do this more of like a throwback to our older episodes. We're just going to talk about them and review them and and laugh about them and, and, and pick out all the fun stuff in them, uh, but we cer- certainly encourage you to go watch them. So we'll tell you what they all are here in just a moment. Uh, but since this is a, our monthly journey, uh, looking back at The Undertaker, uh, and there often is so much Undertaker news going on, we want to get to our Undertaker sightings here uh, and talk about where we have uh, where The Undertaker has popped up, even in retirement uh, in the month of May of 2022. Uh, and you know, uh, not a ton, uh, he's been sort of dormant since the hall of fame, but there has been a few things going on. And I would say one of the biggest ones is not even involving literally Mark Calloway, but the undertaker character appeared on an NBC television show called young rock, uh, which was pretty surreal to see The Undertaker uh, fictionalized, played by another actor uh, in this, uh, you know, comedic uh, television show. The Undertaker. I was in total awe of his presence. I had only heard him say the words, rest in peace. So what came out of his mouth next stayed with me for the rest of my life. myself and show my respect i'm dwayne johnson i'm wrestling in tonight's dark match go tear it up kid make him remember you and i don't know did you get a chance to see any of that 
No, my wife and I watched most of season one, Young Rock. I think we missed the last two or three, and I didn't even finish it. I think I know how it ends. <laughs> He's doing all right for himself. Yeah, he becomes president. Saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, and I, I literally had no idea season two was even on until all this news about Taker being on it, like the last episode or whatever it was on. So I was like, oh, okay, they did that again. So, no, I haven't caught up with it, haven't watched it. So I, I did enjoy most of season one, what I did watch, though. So it was fun. Yeah, I, I I actually never had watched it besides this episode. You know, I've seen the clips, and you know, I it's uh, I don't know, it's not I don't know if it's for me. Uh, you know, uh, but you know, a lot of people like it, and and it's obviously doing very well. I think it got renewed for season three, mm-hmm. so that's cool. It's gonna be on Friday nights against SmackDown now. That's season weird. Three is weird. dumb. Um, yeah. But man, uh, it was uh, fun to see that they're depicting uh, Rocky Maivia's first night in the WWF, and of course, you know. I, it bugs me. There's so many factual inaccuracies yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it's a TV show. It's a, it's a, it's Hollywood. I get it. I understand why they have to well, do it. His first night was Batman uh, Taker, wasn't it? Well, this is depicting a dark match. Oh, so this okay. is not Survivor Series '96. I think okay, they have okay, an episode okay. on that later on. But this is him against okay. the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, aka Colt Cabana, who did a fantastic job. It's as- Colt. Cole Cabana plays the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I had no idea. That's great. He's excellent in it. I'm sure. And uh, some of the other performances of superstars are iffy. Uh, but uh, I will say my number one, the best guy, Cole Cabana was excellent. And the guy who played Doc Hendricks, a.k.a. Michael Hayes, <laughs> he did. A, he got the voice down. He had the look down. That guy was great. Uh, <laughs> was I want to see more of him. That's awesome. Uh, the guy who did Stone Cold, the guy who did Triple H, eh. And the guy who did Taker, who just has a little cameo. Luke Cox played. No, uh, Luke not Luke Gallows. No. <laughs> That's been great. He should have played the Fink. He does. He does everybody. He should play everybody. Like Eddie Murphy movie. Just Luke Gallows playing all the wrestlers. I would watch that. I'd watch that be series. There for that. <laughs> oh. Nutty Professor, but uh, <laughs> 1990s Gallo. WWF with the. Uh, yeah. So good. It's just everybody because AJ Styles, Toothless Stone Cold, everything. <laughs> so good. Who needs Young Rock when you get yeah. that? <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm crying. It's too good. Well, uh, it is a fun. You know, it's just like 20 minutes. Uh, you can find it on Peacock. Yeah. I, I encourage people to check it out uh, if that's if that's your thing. But it was it was definitely cool to see Taker on there represented, uh, even if the guy looks sort of like the uh, Great Value version of Undertaker. But uh, you know, they did what they could. Like the Wish.com version. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, there was another sighting that you posted on our Facebook page, Travis, of Taker. Was yet Special Olympics or Make a Wish? Yeah. What was this? It's Special Olympics uh, thing he was at, and I don't even remember the little kid's name. Uh, Ezra, Ezra was his name. Yeah, uh, he surprised this kid there. He had no idea he's a huge Taker fan, and he was there at the Special Olympics, and it was just really cool to see. I'm assuming it was WrestleMania weekend um, there in Dallas. I think it was. Okay, but uh, it's probably a two and a half minute video just of them talking and, and the whole the whole thing. I'm. Sure, there's plenty of B-roll footage of it. Him talking, they sit down at a table and they're talking to each other, and the kids asking him questions. And Taker's like, "You remember stuff? Like I don't even know these <laughs> things have happened, you know?" Yeah. Which yeah. a lot of wrestlers say about their, you know, careers. We, we're the we're the crazy ones oh, no who doubt. remember everything. Um, yeah, Ezra. Yeah, it was back in the middle of May, and he, uh, you know, I, I just wrote, you know, we always said who's better in Canyon, but I say who better than Ezra because this guy was great, man. He's a really big fan, young guy, so he's probably. 
I mean, he probably hadn't seen most of Taker. He didn't grow up with Taker. He grew up with Taker as a part-timer. So pretty cool, but Taker presented him with like a title and stuff, and it was really neat. So really neat. And, and it's just he's so good at that stuff too. And you can tell it means a lot to Taker, not Ezra, but also I mean, also Ezra, but it means a lot to Taker to be there. And it's just, you know, he doesn't have to do that sort of stuff. No. He's not like an active performer or anything. He could just right. be out, you know, out hunting, out just out enjoying retirement, but he wanted to go do that stuff. And that speaks to the legacy that we talked about. Uh, of course, the reason why we've done over 200 episodes of this podcast, but especially our Thank You Taker episode where we had generations of people talking about mm-hmm. their fandom of Undertaker. And here's a kid who's really probably only experienced Undertaker via Peacock, via the WWE Network and yeah. stuff like that. He's he's barely seen him perform live. And yet, you know, that's, this is a character, this is a performer that means so much to him. And that's uh, that's incredible. Yeah, it was really cool. Really cool to see. And then I think the, uh, Cody Rhodes mentioned him just for like two seconds maybe on the Broken Skull Sessions. I highly, highly recommend that episode. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah he, Cody just talks about how beginning his career, I mean, he just... You got to share the ring with Taker and Edge and Sean and Hunter and just how just invaluable all that was. Randy, you know, it's just how much of a learning tree he got to sit under. And most, I think, at, I guess, well, all those guys, none of them are, are in-ring performers anymore except for Randy. So, you Wild. know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> Well, that happened, and then he's got uh, Jeff Jarrett coming on the Broken Skull Sessions, so it uh, could be some Taker talk in there. You know, they had some history back in the territory days. and uh, Was that D-Generation X pay-per-view? Well, they, of course, they had, did have a pay-per-view match, yes, <laughs> DX pay-per-view with uh, Jeff Jarrett. Picked up a win over the Undertaker, I believe, via disqualification, so uh, uh, we'll be interested to see if that comes up on the Broken Skull Sessions. And uh, a couple other notes. Um, I don't know. Have you seen any of this uh, Hall of Fame merchandise that has been coming out for Undertaker via WWE Shop? There's been a ton of it being oh, released. No, I have not. Only thing I saw was the chair you're sitting in. Oh, that's right. You did see some of it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see if I can. Yeah, those of you who haven't disconnecting. seen on the bonus episode online, that is a Hall of Fame chair that. Gifted to Alex from me. Uh, so I, I called it a baby shower gift. Dad's never get anything. So I just wanted to get him Early something. Father's Day present. Early Father's Day. First Father's Day. Yeah. So, yep. Well, yes, man. I, I'm extremely grateful. was extremely surprised. So uh, if you're I watching this. I texted you and said, do the unboxing sight unseen. So just I, I didn't did. watch it. And, yeah. I did. I had no clue. Just giant package <laughs> arrived. So awesome. Hall of Fame commemorative chair. Um and yeah, they've been putting out a bunch of T-shirts, a bunch of uh, they put out a commemorative urn uh, that's uh, like the Texas state flag on the urn. Oh, cool! Doesn't um, uh, collecting dead man has that? He right? said he got that one. Yeah. Um, some other just little uh, tchotchkes and Hall of Fame things, uh, but I did want to show off this, uh, which I got pre-ordered, and uh, yeah, well, in the cool. future it'll be sitting right behind me where you can see. But I got the Hall of Fame plaque, uh, the glares on there, so it's, it's kind of hard to see. But uh, I did show this on our Instagram live as well. Um, got I the... saw it in person yesterday at your house. Oh, well, I, yeah. I was going to get to that here in a minute. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, sorry. But this is a uh, one of 151 of 380. So they did 380 of these plaques awesome. for WrestleMania 38, and they were 6660 on uh, WWE Shop. I uh, wonder why that was the pricing, but um, it's got a piece oh, of boy. the carpet 
from the Hall of Fame speech, a piece of the canvas in the ring from when Taker uh, had his statue displayed at Access, and a piece of the sheet that was covering that statue at Access. So very, very cool item, very lucky. Uh, and that picture in the top of corner. Those. <laughs> picture of Taker at the top corner? Yeah. What's interesting about that? Uh, it's absolutely zero hair in it. <laughs> Stone Cold Taker. <laughs> they don't show a glimpse of his hair. Hey. He looks like he's like steve austin or the rock you know you know yeah it's great <laughs> i love it man I love yeah, the way awesome. it turned out uh very very cool how they put it all together uh very <clears throat> excited to have that in the collection and then last thing um we got to have a couple cool uh uh, meetings, uh, not with The Undertaker, but my daughter, Joan, who is uh, eight weeks old now, uh, coming up on uh, about to be two months. Not quite two months. She's eight weeks, not quite two months. But uh, she got to have a very... Well, the day this drops, she'll be two, two months. That's true. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so today she is two months. But yeah, she got to meet a couple of very important people in The Undertaker's history over the past month. Uh, one of which is the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley, yeah. who did an in-person signing and appearance at a toy store here in Greenville that I've mentioned on our uh, 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 vlog on, on the YouTube channel before, the Toy Federation, and got to take a picture with her and got an autograph, which I'm showing here on the YouTube channel, of his uh, Mick Foley crazy christmas vinyl uh spoken word holiday story and he autographed that and said uh to uh have yourself a merry little christmas joan and nice. got to take a picture with him so i just thought that was a uh, such a neat thing i couldn't pass that up give the old she, thumbs up she has her thumb up in the picture too. she's trying she's yeah, doing she's her best to, to do a thumbs up with <laughs> me and mick foley couldn't have been nicer very cool like i said just 15 minutes from my house um and could not pass that up and thought it'd be so fun to take baby girl and have her meet her uh, first wrestler. But far more important than that, she got to meet her uncle Travis, uh, over yeah. this past weekend, man. Uh, you got to stop by and, uh, not, we didn't get to do a live podcast, but we got to go out to lunch and, and hang out and you got to hold her and rock her to sleep and a uh, very, very cool, uh, special meeting. And, uh, those pictures are of course up on our social media as well. So I'm glad you were able to do that finally. Oh, me too, man. I hated it. It took this long, but I'm glad it was able to work out. I'm glad I got to meet her. She's cute and she's, uh, uh, a joy to be around and just uh, special and we're glad to have her in the talking taker family and Man. yeah somebody who asked who the guy was next to me holding the baby that's her dad alex <laughs> weird <laughs> this guy i'm talking to <laughs> so yeah uh, i mean you guys look the same <laughs> you yeah, look you think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah, very. Uh, I, I said there wasn't cool. much going on, but a, kind of a busy month as far as Undertaker sightings and yeah. uh, you know, talking Taker news, uh, relevant things in there to talk about. And uh, hopefully Joan will get to meet uh, more of our talking Taker heroes and icons and legends uh, along yeah. the way. You never know. Um, but, yeah, very cool. Very glad that got to happen. Great to see you in person. Uh, but um, for now, we're going to do this podcast like we always do it, over the video chat and, and get to this. Um, Videoscope. <laughs> not quite on VCR. We can't do it over VCR, but uh, we are doing it over <laughs> Skype. 
Uh, but we're going back to those VHS days, to these Coliseum video matches. Uh, so let's dive into this, man. We got six matches to talk about on five classic tapes. Um, these Coliseum videos, I know we got some younger listeners. Uh, in case you don't remember and you weren't around during this time, I mean, this was our WWE Network. This was uh-huh. the Peacock back in the day. Uh, these were not pay-per-view releases, but these were basically... Uh, match compilations back in the day that they would release uh, so to the video store uh, to home video they'd release a pay-per-view one month and then a costume video on the months where there weren't pay-per-views to come out uh, sometimes it'd be all about one superstar like a Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior or anything but most of the time they were just random compilations and uh that was a big deal because when you were watching on TV every week back then, when you were watching Superstars and Challenge and Action Zone and uh, you know WCW Worldwide and Saturday Night and everything, 90 to 95 percent of the time you were seeing your Undertaker or your Ultimate Warrior squashing your local mm-hmm. talent, uh, your, yeah. your Jethro Tull or Jethro <laughs> Gibbs or something. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, some overweight middle-aged yeah, guy John Paul <laughs> <laughs> yes um, you're Barry Horowitz you're Brooklyn Brawler you're, you're whatnots uh, and, and maybe if you're lucky you'd get a feature match you'd get one match with a couple of superstars yeah like a, uh, like a uh, Repo Man versus Tito Santana, El Matador, or something like that. Yeah, and that was that was it, man. Yeah. That was the only excitement you got. But for two hours on these Coliseum videos, it's just straight action with main guys, with superstars. And a lot of times it was matches you would never see on pay-per-view. It was matches that never got to pay-per-view. So you get really exclusive things um, and cool matchups. Whereas today, you know, that doesn't exist anymore because you got to fill up Raw and SmackDown and NXT and everything with uh, stars versus stars all the time. So it's hard to have unique, rare matchups. But back then, it was um, it was very exciting uh, to get to see that. Oh yeah, it was cool. And I was gonna say too, like I um, just watching these, it's funny because WWF has always been different than NWA, and it's always been entertainment. It's always been like it's funny. <laughs> I was explaining something. This is a side trail for just two seconds, but I said something the other day about WWF, and my son was like, "What is that?" And I was like, "Oh, that's what it used to be called." He's like, "That sounds stupid." WWF. <laughs> He's like, "WWE is what." It, I was like, "No, son. WWE oh, no. sounds dumb." But it's just funny because oh, no. he's only ever known WWE, it's true. and it's just funny because he wow. thinks F sounds dumb, and I think E still sounds dumb twenty yeah. years later. But um. I say that to say that when you watch these, you're not just watching match, match. You're watching Todd Pettengill, Sean Mooney, and all kinds of little scenes and little things they add yes. to it. It's the entertainment part of it. And as Vince has always been good, for better or worse, that's always been a focus of his. People will say stuff now and be like, oh, it's so there's some cheese and stuff and you know, so overproduced. Like, watch these videos, dude. That stuff was <laughs> evident back then. Too, you know, which again, it was a far cry from the NWA. They just, it was pretty serious wrestling in NWA and WCW at the time, you know. They started getting a little more entertainment, but you know, I said to say this, they're lighthearted, it's for kids, you know. It really yes. is. Yes, it really is. There's some, and we'll talk about some of that stuff. Here oh, we will. All these Ooh. little comedy vignettes and interstitials <laughs> yeah. and things comedy like that. Yeah. <laughs> some of it, some of it holds up. Some of it uh, does not. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, 
yeah, it, you're right. And it was a great sampler, you know, like, like you said, mm-hmm. going back to what you said at the beginning, you're there with your family. Uh, and maybe a kid has never seen wrestling on TV before, but they're going through the new releases. They're going through the video store and they see, um, you know, they, uh, they see one of these VHS covers and they see these guys, these larger than life people on the cover and, and they pull it up and they're like, what? is this or they mm-hmm. see they see the bushwhacker on yeah. the side of the tape or something and what's they, the front of that they, is that jake that is uh jake and rowdy Roddy Roddy piper right <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's 49 59 yeah but you know it, it, maybe they don't know what that is and they just like beg mom and dad to rent that and then there's this like explosion <laughs> of action and over-the-top characters and, and comedy and stuff on this tape mm-hmm. and, and you can hook a little fan through that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so um well let's get to it man let's get to this action uh we're gonna uh kick off our five for five vhs special with for fighting i love it <laughs> for five for fighting anyway wwf oh, hi sorry i had to get it out we only got 100 years to live well I'm now done. now we know what the song at the end of the episode is gonna be well, he's got more <laughs> I had that CD, man. His first CD. You did. I'm no yeah. Superman. Yeah. No, that's that's a no, scrub song. His was. Yeah. Uh, I can't stand to fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not that naive. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that naive. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Be on your next show. <laughs> Maybe. If we're lucky. <laughs> if we're all be so lucky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anywho. World Tour 1991. Oh, yeah. WWF World Tour 1991. Again, you can find all of these matches on Peacock. Uh, so you can go back in the home video classic section to watch these. And I do highly, highly encourage you to at least watch some of them uh, to get the experience here. And this is a match, bro. I, I made a list, I tallied up all of the Undertaker. Coliseum video matches on Peacock, and this one jumped out to me. I remember some of these. I do not remember this one because it is bizarre. It is the team of Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, okay, fair enough. Against Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and The Undertaker in a three on one <laughs> handicap match here from. Three on uh, two. Yeah. Excuse me, three on two. Yeah, I don't know what it said. Three on two handicap match. Uh, and this is our featured matchup on this yeah, uh, World event. Tour tape. Yeah, it's the last match on the tape. Uh, of course, uh, part of the World Tour and the uh, great global hotspot of uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, <laughs> we're a double or nothing taped. just was, right? <laughs> yeah, international tour of Las Vegas. <laughs> I guess Vegas does have like an Eiffel Tower there and stuff, and a, a pyramid. So it's true. You got you can do a whole world tour in Las Vegas, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is actually this is the SummerSlam '91 main event, uh, except instead of Colonel Mustafa, aka the Iron Sheik, we've got the Undertaker taking the Iron Sheik spot, which is I would say is a bit of an upgrade. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking to Brony. <laughs> Oh, there he is. We'll pull up uh, Sergeant Slaughter and, and Hulk Hogan here, <laughs> right onto the camera. But oh, man, thank you. What's your favorite General Adnan match, Travis? Yep, this one. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it ended. <laughs> what a matchup, dude! I don't even know who that guy is. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't even know. I do. I know, but it's like I just don't know how that guy made it. 
I, yeah, I don't know why he's in this match. I don't, I mean, yeah. This is, of course, the Iraqi sympathizer era Iraqi of yeah. uh, Sergeant Slaughter. And this is, I believe, from what I could tell in my research, this takes place in March of 91. And it must take place right after WrestleMania. Um, these matches were usually sort of the dark matches at a TV taping or a house show. Uh, so sort of a big main event to send the fans home happy. They would keep the cameras rolling. But Hulk Hogan does come out as the champ. So I'm assuming this is kind of right around that, uh, right after oh, WrestleMania yeah, 7. Oh, yeah, because he would have won it. Yes, from there. Slaughter at Mania yeah. 7. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, I was one in the timeline. I didn't investigate, so... Yeah, well, we got old good old Sean Mooney and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary, and there we're gonna hear quite a bit from them uh, throughout this episode. That is my least favorite thing in this whole <laughs> episode because I told you earlier I was like I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not, but I can't do this Alfred Hayes guy, man. Like I don't know if he is like heralded on the internet, like the people love him, or if they're kind of like me and they're just kind of like, what is this guy doing here? Like it just he does not fit to me in the whole like. <laughs> scheme of what's going on in WWF and he's just got this British guy that's I don't know man so but he has some funny things and we'll talk talk more about him going on but yeah that's just I'll get my Lord Alfred Hayes distaste out of my mouth real quick I don't think that's an unpopular opinion I'd say you're probably (laughs) in the majority of that I've actually uh, again all of this is so sentimental to me it's right Right. in my wheelhouse of growing up I I, I like him probably more than other people do and I just uh, what I've liked about him more as I get older and watch the stuff is he just he just doesn't care a lot of times. He's True. just like, he seems like he's probably a couple, a uh, couple gin and tonics in and he's just like <laughs> riffing. Sometimes he's a heel. Sometimes he's a baby face. Uh, he just says some ridiculous stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is one of those nights. Uh, so like you said, they're on commentary and um, as Taker and Slaughter and Odd Nine are coming out, um, man, this is we're going to see throughout this tape, uh, throughout these tapes that we're going to talk about so many of these early days of the Undertaker, terrified kids yeah. in the crowd. So many great shots of these, um, which really sell this Undertaker gimmick. Um, and we reheat, re- we hear in almost every match, we hear the announcers talking about who was in the urn, who was in this mm, mysterious urn thing. that yeah. Paul Bear is talking about. They're always trying to figure out whose remains are in the urn. Yeah, and th- that's a big thing. I forgot. So we've been so far removed from this era over the last five years that... Um, I forgot that was such a talking point early on in his career. But, yeah, Slaughter and Adnan come out together in the commentary. It's like, where's Undertaker? And he gets his own entrance. And then they coin a nickname here that you and I both picked up on. They call him the Pale Destroyer. The Pale Destroyer. Sounds like Seamus. It does. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, and it's it's it permeates his, all these videos. Yeah, Pale Destroyer comes up a lot. They try to so, get it um, over. Yeah, really trying, but they say uh, one of them. I think it's uh, Lord Alfred Hayes says the Pale Destroyer is arriving with a triangle of terror of his own. 
Paul Bear and whoever's in that urn. So I guess <laughs> Paul Bear, Undertaker, and whoever's in the urn is a triangle. That's the of triangle terror. Terror. That's the death triangle, if you will. Ooh, so. there you go. The originators. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Warrior and Hogan, of course, come out next. And it's yes. your, your standard Warrior and Hogan entrances. Warrior dashes to the ring. <laughs> he's a maniac. Oh, he's, he's on it. fire. Just did a line of coke. And, and he's just like, bolting out there. He's blown up before the bell rings. And the crowd eats it up, man. They love it. And they Ho- love it. Hogan gets a massive pop. Uh, he actually comes out with this big, giant American flag, uh, and he gives it to a kid in the crowd. <laughs> I hope this kid still has this flagpole with the American flag. You talk about getting a sunglasses from Bret Hart or a hat from John Cena or, or a mask from Rey Mysterio. Yeah. yeah, no way, man. I want the American flag from Hulk Hogan. Come on. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, dude, they get right into it here. Hogan, as soon yeah. as Hogan hits the ring, he rips his shirt, starts punching Slaughter, and then Hogan shoves his bandana in Sergeant Slaughter's <laughs> mouth like he's Mick Foley doing the mandible claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah, um, yeah, he uses his do-rag as a snot rag. Yeah, and then he actually goes over and thumbs General Adnan in the eyes. And then I will say this. Lord Alfred Hayes calls out the baby faces for cheating, so good for that. And we mentioned this a long time ago when Taker and Hogan, uh, what, probably episode, what, two? Five or whatever that was. Anyway, just yeah, yeah, yeah. how Hogan was actually a heel. <laughs> oh, yeah. He cheated so much, pulling Every time. Sit over the top and back raking and thumbing in the eye, but... The crowd loved it at that time. It wasn't, and he was a babyface, but he did everything was a heel. And so when he became Hollywood Hogan, he didn't have to change. He didn't have to change anything. It's all the same moves. He just getting booed. But like, it just—it's so glaring here. I'm like, he's cheating brutally, like right here at the beginning of this match. Well, I love it. He's cheating a little bit, but Lord Halford takes it over the top. He's like, he says, Hulk Hogan is foregoing every shred of decency and fairness here. And Sean Mooney like sticks up for him. He's like, yeah. it is a handicap match. It's three <laughs> yes. on two. So, yeah. you know, they're just trying to survive here. But um, yeah, Hogan and Warrior dominate. Uh, they give double boots to Slaughter. They're punching Adnan and Taker off the apron, just knocking them down, cleaning house. And uh, as the match finally kind of gets started, I thought this was interesting that uh, Slaughter's in the ring and Adnan and Taker, their partners, but they're like on opposite corners they're not like yeah. together at the same corner they're like halfway across the ring from each other so it's kind of like Adnan's his partner and Slaughter's his partner but they don't trust this guy they're still kind of afraid of this Undertaker character see I looked into it as Adnan sucks and didn't know which turnbuckle to go to <laughs> okay. I'll be honest I'm giving him more no, credit <laughs> I love that I think that's probably the deal uh Maybe. commentary you might be right it. But I, I even wrote my notes. I wrote take. I said they would. This would never happen today. You yes, would never no, have right. them on. I think I, I just forgot which But no, let's rewind. I think that what you're saying makes more sense. <laughs> I kind of wish commentary picked up on that because that was pretty cool. But yeah, I just think my distaste for this Adnan guy is coming through in my notes. That's fair. Being a little negative. But yeah, they were on. Yeah, they're on two different turnbuckles, and then you know Warriors on the other one. So it was just kind of weird. But uh, a really cool thing does happen. So Hogan. He's going to cheap shot Taker, of course, but he doesn't fall off the apron. He hangs on there. And then mm-hmm. Warrior tags in, does the same thing. Taker drops off, but of course, he lands on his feet. And then they start, you know, he kind of comes in, make quick tags. Again, this is the, the Pale Destroyer who rarely gets taken off his feet. He's a monster. He's, he's the zombie, slow, methodical, moving, not a lot of fast-paced action with him. 
except for those explosive moves he has. But um, it was really cool to see just these super, well, mega powers. Uh, you know, these these guys like Warrior and, and, and Hogan, they as powerful as they are, they can barely knock him off the apron. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's getting put over as a monster huge here, yeah. and he's only you know, five months in to this character, mm-hmm. to this run so far, you could tell they got big plans for the undertaker here. And, uh, you said there's not a lot of fast paced action, dude. Uh, I tell I you mean, what, I mean with him, not just period. Dude, yeah. I tell you what, you, if you watch double or nothing, and then you go watch this, you're going to get some whiplash, <laughs> man, because, uh, I, 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 I'm looking at my notes. I'm not seeing a wrestling move in here. I mean, I'm seeing, <laughs> we're going to talk about this throughout these matches, punch, kick, choke, punch, Kick, choke, clothesline, clothesline, punch, kick, big yeah. boot, punch, choke, yep. choke, choke. And that's all that's happening here. Um, but it's fine, you know, yeah. because there's so much intensity. The crowd's eating up all of these characters. They don't care. They don't care that they're not doing Canadian destroyers and, um, you know, shooting star presses or anything. They don't care at no. all. Um, it's just action is finally kind of... Um, we're just, we're not hitting every note here, no. but, uh, the heels do end up cutting off the baby faces and, um, uh, Hogan stuck in the ring warriors, uh, working the crowd, looking for that hot tag. Uh, and he ends up getting tagged in warrior does. He unloads on Sergeant Slaughter, hits all his big moves. And then Sarge pokes warrior in the eye and taker comes in. He's doing his offense, diving clothesline, choking him. Um, and then I just put literally put in my notes, Choke, 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 as the heels distract the ref and Undertaker chokes Warrior for what seems like seven minutes. Yeah, he chokes him on the mat. He chokes him while he's standing. Chokes him in a turnbuckle. Choking away. Yeah. But Warrior does get the hot tag, but the ref doesn't see it, though. Ref does not see it, so he calls him back out, makes him go back out. Love that. Love that. Love that. Yet, immediately after, though, Taker tags Slaughter behind the ref's back, and he comes in, and the ref is fine with it. <laughs> He's like, that's, all right. That's what the heels do. <laughs> and I was just like, dang it, man. Why is the ref okay with this but not the other? So, yeah, it was uh, it was great. But um, Hogan comes in, and he's getting his offense on Slaughter. Taker comes in to break up a pin. So he cares about getting this W here, you know. Uh, Taker and Slaughter both double-team Hogan. Kind of got him in a camel clutch, and Taker's kind of kicking him and everything. So that's going to lead toward the ending here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to say, too, uh, Slaughter at one point, Slaughter actually goes up on the top rope. Yeah. Which I don't think I've ever seen in my life. He went to the top rope to do a splash, and I misses that. Um, it looks like if my dad went up there and did it, like, it just, it's like, <laughs> he looks like he's, he's 50 years old, not a body guy, you know, he's not, he's probably like 37 right there. He's probably like our he, age. Yeah, or he's, <laughs> these guys all look so old. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they do double team, uh, Sarge and <clears throat> Taker do kind of neat. He, Sarge gets him in the camel clutch and mm-hmm. Taker goes in and like is pulling on Sergeant Slaughter, like pulling him back yeah. to wrench the camel clutch, which is a cool double team in there. Um, but then Warrior breaks that up and him and Taker are going to brawl out of the ring. So their rivalry is already sort of un- uh, underway here. Warrior and Taker, uh, they're not legal, I don't think. Uh, and they just end up brawling on the outside and they're going toe to toe punch for punch with each other. Neither one is knocking each other down, which is a big deal against the ultimate warrior that, uh, he's not able to knock Taker off his feet. Oh yeah, exactly. They kind of collar and elbow tie up and make their way down the aisle. And then, 
Uh, back to the ring, the action uh, slaughter accidentally hits Adnan with a clothesline. I think Hogan moves out the way or something. Then Hogan tosses Slaughter out, and then just eight minutes later goes over and pins General Adnan <laughs> for the win. <laughs> yep, from a clothesline. <laughs> it was like when uh, it's like WrestleMania 19, when that pedigree on Booker T, and then like oh, yeah. four minutes later, Triple H covers him and wins. Yeah, I thought Adnan was kicking out of this, but oh uh, no. Anyway, but then there's that's not all for the shenanigans. There's more. No, Hogan gets his hand raised with the belt, and then we cut to a shot, a shot like at the top of the aisle of the arena, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Ultimate Warrior is like coming out of the entryway with, I think he's holding a door, table or door, <laughs> or something. something. Yeah. He's just holding a giant <laughs> piece, piece of, of wood, wood <laughs> over his head and is throwing it towards the Undertaker here. Like they've been having some sort of wild backstage brawl. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if Warrior literally uh, ripped that off the hinges somewhere it's certainly possible uh but they're brawling and then of course we get uh hashtag hogan must pose yep uh in the ring to to end things there to send the fans home happy on this tape man uh what a way to kick things off there you go that's it man <laughs> that's it that's all she wrote not a lot of like i said not a lot of wrestling you're not gonna get an nxt takeover classic there or a ring of honor thing but you're gonna get big stars that the fans care about and they didn't need all the moves because they were so over. So there's something yep. to be said for that. <laughs> and it's it's a spectacle. It's uh, something to behold. I never thought I'd talk about those five people in a match together, but there yeah. it is. It happened. It's on the it's on Peacock. You can go watch it. Uh, definitely, you know, recommend checking it out just for the spectacle of it. So. Yeah. Um, our next matchup, we're gonna kind of see a throughway through a lot of this stuff. This episode could basically be a Hogan, or a, uh, sorry, Ultimate Warrior versus Undertaker rivalry show because we've got uh, multiple matches showcasing their rivalry as we head into Rampage 1991. It's gonna be our next VHS tape uh, featuring again, I believe this is the main event on the tape, uh, the Ultimate Warrior versus the Undertaker in a singles match. Uh, so that's going to be our next matchup, but oh no, that's not the only special event that we're going to get to talk about regarding this tape, is it, Travis? No, we get, again, we mentioned earlier how the, the videos kind of had these little vignettes between and everything. Well, on this night, on this this Coliseum Classic, we get to go to Paul Bear's home. It's at home with Paul Bearer. And it is not the same house Taker lives in in the Netflix show. It's I not. Say that. No, so. no, this is Paul Bear's house. It's not the one that burned down in the comic book that I read, you guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's at home with Paul Bear, or the one that uh, Taker broke into and like broke Paul Bear's ankle, yeah. like right before uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, King of the Ring '98, I think. Yeah, not that one either. But uh, yeah, we pan down from a full moon, and it's Paul's Paul Bear's home, and camera zooms into the front door and. Zoom out, and there's a fire crackling, and we got a dead body laying in a casket in his living room. <laughs> I don't know what this house is. I don't know where they found it or shot it, but my goodness, Paul Bearer is just doing five minutes of straight improv comedy here. Uh, they just let him cut loose and, and be ridiculous, uh, I think and it's, it's only so two entertaining. Takes too. Like, it's, it's only one cut, I think between it when we get to something in a minute like i think it's just it's basically one long take of him just doing all this stuff oh i want to see gosh. the uh, like the outtakes yeah yeah this. um he welcomes in the coliseum video viewers and uh says this home has been in his family for years as a body 
falls out of a, a closet that <laughs> pops open. Yeah, like and an then arm. <laughs> Paul like has to shove it back in there and says, Oh, please forgive me. I forgot to tidy up. <laughs> yeah. And he said he's so busy at work sometimes he has to bring his work home with him. So that's why he's got this casket <laughs> in the living room that he's I guess preparing for burial. So uh it's so funny, man. And he you know, he likes to relax when he's at home. So Paul Bear goes to his home bar and fixes his favorite drink. Which, of course, is a, a Bloody Mary. <laughs> but then he says, It's a place where I can just relax. Maybe, oh, maybe fix a drink. Oh, at my favorite bar. My favorite drink. Oh, yes, I think I'll fix myself a Bloody Mary. Oh, yes, a Bloody Mary. One of my all-time favorites. But maybe we'll have... these bottles out of a little miniature <laughs> casket that's sitting on yes. the home bar and they're all that. labeled with like Tom, Cindy, Jane with their blood in there. <laughs> and so, like he's Nosferatu oh or something. He's the yeah, Crypt Keeper, man. Yeah. It's like Tales from the Crypt, like it just is. goofy, cheesy comedy. It is, man. But that little mini casket is great. You, oh, they it's should beautiful. Make one of those. You need yeah. one of those. I need that for the home bar. You're Get right. your grandfather to make one for you. <laughs> I could. <laughs> Show him this. <laughs> oh, we've got all these jokes and puns in here as um, Paul Bears talks about. Takes us to his library. Takes us to his library with his favorite book, Death of Death a Salesman. Of a salesman. <laughs> and he's got dead plants sitting there, and he's got a picture, a framed 8 by 10 of The Undertaker, but it's like. It's not from like home. Oh no, it's a like it's, it's an eight by ten. Like it's autograph on it from WWF that he's framed. It's just amazing. And then we got the skull of uh, George, who was a caretaker who didn't see the bus coming up over the hill. But it's like <laughs> it's obviously one of those ones you use in a classroom. It has like the line across the forehead that goes all the way around. It's so fake. It's so great. Though. Yeah, they went to the Halloween store right before this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Paul wants to show us one more thing, uh, a school, a former school project of his. Yeah, I was proud of him. He, uh, I was excited. When I was a little boy in school, all the other kids were making bookshelves and birdhouses. I made a guillotine. Oh, yes. One of my prized possessions. I got an A on it. You could say I went to the head of the class. Oh, I love that sound. But you know, I've got to get back to work. He used to, uh, while all, all the other kids in Woodshop were making bookshelves and birdhouses, he made a guillotine. <laughs> and uh, he got an A on it and went to the head of his class. <laughs> oh, and he shows us how it works. He just drops the guillotine. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief so much, though. So. That I think little Paul can make a guillotine in woodshop class. I believe it. And he still has it yeah. at home 30 years later. So, oh, it was great, man. Oh, dude, this is worth the price of admission right here. <laughs> yeah. If you watch nothing else, go this back and watch this. This is better than the match we're about to hit. Well, yeah. without question. 
It's better than most of the matches we're getting. Uh, unfortunately, Paul has to work in the morning, uh, and the gentleman in his living room has an early appointment, mm-hmm. so uh, he has to throw it to the main event match on this tape. Um, dang it. I know. Yeah, dang it, because we got Sean, Hay- Sean Mooney and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary again. <laughs> And uh, apparently we got Robert Goulet in the ring doing the ring introductions. And did you see this guy? Yeah. I don't know who he was. I've never seen him before. I was going to ask you who this guy was. So, oh, man. Uh, well, yeah, Paul Bear leads Taker, you know, down and they carry a body bag. Again, we didn't get to touch a lot on the body bag stuff in our early episodes because right. he never brought it out on those pay-per-views, really. That was right. a lot on – the, the weekly shows and TV and, and these Coliseum classics. I mean, that's something that we really didn't hit on because we never saw it, which is, but it's a big part of his early, early run there. And we'll see it a couple times here. So yeah, he'd always put the jobbers in a body bag after he gave him the tombstone and wrap them up, zip them up in there. And I don't, I don't think they say in a body bag. boom. That was, <laughs> that was from undertaker. That's where they yes. came from. Um, I don't know if this was officially a body bag match. I know that they did that sometimes on house shows, like a casket match where you had to win by putting your opponent in the body bag. They don't say that officially, but it is going to come to play here uh, throughout this matchup as uh, um, uh, they're they're already, again, this is, this takes place around July or June of 1991. So seven or eight months into the Undertaker character and the announcers are already putting over his entrance, putting over Mm -hmm. the psychological, psychological advantage that his entrance gives as he walks down the aisle. Uh, They point out his music that it gives icy chills to anyone as uh, he walks down the aisle. Yeah, and they're again talking about the urn and you know what's who's in the urn, what's in the urn. Does he draw power from the urn? They kind of bring all that stuff up again, stuff that's kind of lost later on in Taker's career. But uh, yeah, they really are putting him over. And we talked about that early on in this well, at first few episodes of, of talking Taker, just how from out the gate he was given that presentation more so than pretty much anybody, and it was just it's really always been there, and. um Warrior again. He just like a maniac. Ninety his, miles an hour. It, yeah, just runs out. And there's a dude cosplaying as him in the crowd. It's awesome. Oh, a grown yeah. adult male yeah. <laughs> dressed up fully as Ultimate Warrior in 1991. Yeah. I love it. I love he it. He gets in the ring and he just goes at Taker. Just, I mean, again, the babyface jumping the gun, <laughs> starting the match here like a heel should. So, uh, so great. Yeah, he tosses Taker into the corner. Taker's no-selling. Whips him into the other corner. He's no-selling. But Warrior um, uh, clotheslines him out of the ring, and we see that perfect 10 perfect landing 10. that Taker is known for. Lands on his feet, um, and Warrior is uh, you know, beating his chest, doing all his Warrior stuff. Undertaker's looking to the urn from Paul Bearer, uh, and Warrior grabs Undertaker by the hair and tries to pull him back in the ring, and we see another signature move from Undertaker as he hits that apron stunner and takes advantage. Oh, yeah. Then Taker's going to, again, slowly, methodically make his way back in the ring, and then he's going to grab Warrior's throat from the outside, climb into the top or over the top rope, and then uh, they say it's a choke, but he's actually grabbing like his face, and he's smothering him. And they even mention, like, I wonder if he has formaldehyde on his gloves or something, <laughs> like, to put him out. Uh, and then just scene stealer Paul Bear is going to just turn it up a notch on the outside. He always knew exactly where the camera was. And <laughs> yeah. he's not just, like, you know, doing his normal stuff with the urn. As Undertaker is working over 
warrior, Paul Bearer has got his tie, and he is holding his tie up <laughs> above his neck, pantomiming that he wants Undertaker to hang the ultimate <laughs> warrior and kill him like that way. Like it's from The Simpsons or something. <laughs> yeah. Hang him! Again, hang him. Yeah. you couldn't do that in uh, 2022, oh, but uh, no. <laughs> it was just so over the top. It's so good, man. And he's, you know, calling these things Taker, and they're saying, he's telling Taker to, or he's telling Undertaker to hang him. So, and then Taker's going to continue to smother Warrior. Again, he's got, I think he's got his right hand on Warrior, and his left hand is out reaching for the urn the whole time. So, he's getting that power from the urn, uh, and then uh, Warrior goes down to one knee, and Paul Bear's like, it's over, it's over. And then this scene just plays on and on and it's literally three and a half to four minutes of taker just choking or face whatever it is on the warrior and warriors up and then he's down and he's up and he's down and he's just a lot of choking but it's a big deal because warrior you didn't see him that vulnerable very often that's true and they point that out on commentary but it is a lot to witness when you're watching it. Oh expecting man, some action. Standing still, man. It's yeah. uh, it's br- it's kind of brutal. Uh, it was not hard gonna to lie, watch. not gonna <laughs> lie. That yeah. one, do- this one does not quite hold up uh, quite the same way. Um, finally, Warrior does work his way up. He gets hyped up by the crowd. He's doing his war dance. Uh, take he's hulking up basically. Um, Taker's trying to headbutt him down and. Um, Taker's just stalking him around, and, and Warrior finally hits uh, his. Um, or, or he gets up, he's punched him. Um, Taker actually does cut him off, though, and hits his signature flying clothesline. Uh, and Warrior's trying to get up, but he's, he's selling, he's selling his back. Uh, and Undertaker's continuing to work him over, goes for a big elbow drop, but mm-hmm. Warrior rolls out of the way. Uh, but interestingly, Taker gets up even faster than Warrior does here. Yep. Uh, so, so Warrior's still trying to get up and starts shaking the ropes to regain his power here. Oh, yeah. So he gets the power from the ropes. And uh, right. like Taker goes from the urn. So, but yeah, Warrior finally gets gets up and gets Taker up for a body slam and hits him with a clothesline. And then another clothesline. And then another clothesline. <laughs> but it's weird. Like, he's, like, bouncing off of, like, he's not running across the ring. He's running, like, He'll run from like the left side and hit the top side of the ring, and then yeah. he goes like he's like he's like he changes just angles. While he's, it's kind of maniac. confusing. <laughs> yeah, he's wild. And then um, <laughs> he goes for that, and then Taker goes down and hits an uppercut though, kind of stalls him, almost like a Gold Dust type uppercut. Just hits him, hits yeah. the knee, and then right. boom, hits him. And he, then he gets him up, and it's about to do something we've rarely see at this point. Tombstone City hits yeah. nails Undertaker or Warrior clean with the tombstone, and uh, I just noticed at the same time uh, Grandma in the crowd, like just <laughs> right in front of the camera, just walking down to the ring at this point. I guess she'd been in the bathroom this whole time, and uh, I, I think it may have been the Where's the Beef? It lady. looked like her. It looked exactly like her. Just like you picture a generic Grandma from a movie, and this was her, uh, just like right in front of the camera. That just made me laugh. She missed all this ins- exciting choking and close lining but uh taker he takes his time you talk about taking your time going for a pin he takes forever to try to pin warrior here folds the arms over and warrior's gonna kick out yeah and they even say that we don't think anyone's ever kicked out of this before but that's before he goes for the pinfall because he takes like nine minutes to cover i just don't understand what the one thing we talked about early on 
in this podcast was how he was very a sense of urgency to get the win, to go the pinfalls and get the, the quick yes. covers and stuff. Yes. Not here. Not that must here. Have developed a little bit later. So not in the first seven months he was there. But yeah, he calls. He waits for quite a while, and then pins him. And yeah, Warrior kicks out, which is a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Like you know, especially in these days. Uh, it was rare to kick out of a finisher, rare to kick out of the tombstone. Mm-hmm. And I think they would mention on TV for years that no one had kicked out of the tombstone. But if you pay yeah. attention to these Coliseum videos, uh, Warrior may have been the very first, uh, if I'm so. not mistaken, or and one of the only ones. I think so. Um, but yeah, then something, I, I don't know, Warrior's getting hype again. Taker's going to grab the urn and then just hit Warrior in the head with it. And then the bell rings. But then, like, the commentary is confused as to what happened. They're like, was that an errant bell or an involuntary ringing? And, I, I mean, I don't know what their problem is. To me, he blatantly hit him with the urn, and the ref called for the bell. The ultimate warrior not ready to meet his maker. Not about to be counted out of this one. Wait a minute. The Undertaker has the urn. Paul Bearer slipped it in. Got the ultimate warrior right in the back of the head. The referee never saw it. Well, he, did he? Did he ask for the bell, or did was that an involuntary ringing? Well, what happened there? So I'm rather mystified. We'll have to wait for the official word. They're discussing it at this point, but the Undertaker not ready to leave the squared circle. Well, Barra is coming into the ring. There's been no announcement. Paul Barra comes in with a body bag. This has become a very sick ritual. Well, I do believe this is a victory for The Undertaker. Perhaps Warrior submitted. No. There's been no, no official word, Sean. Well, and the referee did, did call for the bell. He did not submit, Lord Alfred Hayes. Well, I'll he tell was you that. knocked senseless with that arm. Maybe the referee took it upon himself to call that particular move. Referee with no control here. Trying to get them away from the ultimate warrior. It's going to take a lot more than Joey Morella. To accomplish that feat. Oh, my word, they're putting him in the body bag. Oh, this is a terrible, terrible thing to be happening. Well, it now becomes a life-threatening situation. Those body bags are airtight, Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, gosh, just look at this. It seems pretty obvious. Yeah. You hit somebody with a weapon, the referee yeah. saw it, called for a bell. But they're yeah. like, again, I, they were drunk or they were not watching the TV. They they didn't understand what's happening the here. <laughs> they <laughs> because yeah, Mooney and Hayes are, are totally perplexed. As uh, Paul Bearer, he's got the body bag. He brings it into the ring, and Lord Alfred even says, oh, "This must mean it's a victory for the Undertaker, and the Warrior must have submitted here because there was no official word." And it's like, what? The ref clearly called for the bell yeah. after Undertaker used a weapon to hit him. What are you saying? Um, and they're going to try to wrap up the the warrior in the body bag. Yeah, Sean Mooney calls it a life-threatening situation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Get the EMTs down there. <laughs> but, of course, Warrior's going to break free because he's the ultimate warrior. And he clotheslines Taker out of the ring. And Taker's trying to get back in. But Paul Bear does what he uses. He pulls the back of his hair, pulls him back, holds the urn up in front of him, and kind of just tames his beast, you know, and walks him back to the back and then we get the official word that warrior wins by dq because we were paying attention <laughs> yes we understand yeah. the rules of professional <laughs> wrestling yeah uh, but yeah i mean a, a cool um again a spectacle i'll probably overuse that word here because that's what these feel like but 
Warrior gets the win over Taker, but Taker really doesn't lose anything uh, along the way here. Again, keeps both guys looking strong uh, and, and honestly puts over Undertaker a lot by having mm-hmm. him be able to go toe-to-toe with Warrior so much. And Warrior just kind of barely escapes here. Yep. Yeah. So that wraps that up. It's going to take us on to yeah. our my favorite breakfast cereal. What's that? Uh, the Crunch Classic. Oh, I love a bowl of Crunch <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it should be Dare Licensed cereal. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been. It Next been. one is the Crunch Classic. Well, that's just a weird name for a tape. It is an odd name. They had some kind of odd names here back in the day. But uh, this one's hosted by none other than the Hot Rod. Rowdy yeah. Roddy Piper. Uh, so he's the one uh, getting to cut promos and looks like he's just, um, <laughs> he is all drugged up doing just <laughs> doing these promos. He's classic hot rod here oh yeah but uh this is a very special match here that we're going to cover next because it's actually requested by one of the fans man i love yeah, this send a postcard in <laughs> yeah postcard. <laughs> yeah this is a crunch classic and then about halfway through the video roddy piper shares a postcard from a friend which is jb franklin the second all right from st louis so if you're still out there if you're jb franklin the second we want to hear from you god i hope he's uh, listening Right in the Coliseum video, and we get a lot of mail from you requesting matches. You know, you even one time you requested one of mine, and, and Grandma, I thank you for that. But now we got a fan from St. Louis. His name is J.B. Franklin II. Or either that or there's two of them. And what he has done, Franklin wants to see a match between Davy Boy Smith, and he wants him to take on The Undertaker. JB, you got it. He requests Davy Boy Smith versus The Undertaker, which... Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, this match is from Dayton, Ohio, apparently. So Thanks, JB. Well, we're yeah. excited to talk about this one. Again, Sean Mooney and Lord Alfred Hayes on oh, commentary as boy. your ears begin to bleed. Yeah. Uh, more kids, of course, scared in the audience uh, as uh, Bearer and uh, Undertaker come out. And Sean Mooney, he gets some funny uh, riffing and improving in here as he talks about a meeting he had with Paul Bearer earlier in the day uh, to discuss a family funeral plan and Paul Bearer being very pushy about it and <laughs> Sean Mooney being very concerned about all of that. Uh, it was a nice little, uh, nice little comedy work. A little Sean levity Mooney. there. Yeah. <clears throat> and then one thing that I will say, this is, I, I guess this is later on in 91, so um, take, they do mention how Taker's, his, uh, the quote is, he's cooled his cold black heart a little bit over the recent past, but he's still creepy. Because at the end of 91-ish, early 92, he's going to be a babyface, right? So, yeah, yeah. But they mention he's kind of cooled off a little bit, his his creepiness and his, his black heart. So he, I guess, because he, yeah, he does get a fair share of, cheers here when his music hits yeah this is from what i could tell this is from october of 91 the match and uh and i bet i don't know exactly i bet this tape was probably released in early 92 which is when he would have been babyface so there and and this is bulldog's clearly a babyface here so the it's probably the commentary coming in afterward trying to uh trying to cover over some of that weirdness uh of the match being released after takers yeah. a, a heel or after babyface but he's still a heel in the match but uh it's certainly we, we've talked about their unique history bulldog and taker how bulldog was the one 
title defense that The Undertaker had in yeah. his uh, six-day world title reign back in uh, <laughs> 1991. This is not one of those matches, uh, but interesting that they had, you know, they were kind of house show opponents here around that same time period. And uh, boy, does Jim, uh, does, uh, not Jim, uh, Davy Boy, British Bulldog, does he not look like a million bucks here, man? This is my favorite version of Bulldog. The, the long hair, the jack, the, the braided hair. This, this is my favorite British Bulldog. Um, love it. He gets a great pop. And we'll see him more on these videos as we continue yep. throughout here. But, yeah, he he looks fantastic, man. Um, yeah, he comes out, great pop. And he Taker's going to attack him first. He's going to attack with a choke in the corner (laughs) naturally uh that's happening we get some ref intimidation classic Mm -hmm. as a ref tries to stop taker but he he won't let him stop you know as great as bulldog looks taker just looks like an absolute monster here you can tell how comfortable he's getting playing this character uh how comfortable paul bear is because he's continuing to play to the camera um we get some of the same stuff we've seen already with uh a clothesline to the outside and Taker getting a perfect 10 landing. Uh, they're going to brawl on the outside. His bulldog's going to slam Taker into the steps. Uh, but Taker's going to basically no sell it and hit an apron stunner. And yeah. uh, man, did you notice uh, <laughs> uh, another thing go. in the crowd? Yes. Someone's got like a noisemaker or a keytar or something. <laughs> and they're doing like the death march song like on it. And they keep playing it over and over again. And I'm like, what, what is happening world? right now? I'm glad you heard that too. Dude, I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing at it. They're what like is next this? to the cameraman. I don't know who brings a keyboard into a house show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe he had the piano key necktie. Who knows, man? I don't oh, know. Oh, could have been. But um, yeah, it's like right next to the cameraman because it's really loud. Speaking of the cameraman, oh, you mean we... uh, you mean Marty Applebaum? Yeah, Marty Applebaum. Oh, <laughs> so, my favorite cameraman. So good to meet you, Marty. Yeah, more. <laughs> Again, surprise, choking Bulldog on the middle of rope. And Lord Alfred Hayes is like, oh, look at this camera work from the wonderful Monty Applebaum. (laughs) (laughs) What? What are you smoking? (laughs) I don't know, but it's amazing. All right, then. I uh, I don't know if that's an inside joke or or what that was. Maybe it literally was Marty Applebaum. His name's Marty Applebaum. That's my new favorite character. (laughs) Yeah. So a little peek behind the curtain there. So... Well, oh. Marty's getting some good shots of Taker uh, stalking Bulldog, slamming him into the stairs, uh, again, kind of dominating this part of the match. And similarly to the last match, he's going to go for an elbow here. Bulldog misses, and or, or he misses Bulldog, and then Bulldog's going to try to slam Undertaker, but uh, his back is going to give out, and the weight's going to give out, which is rare for Bulldog, because he's always shown to be, like, the strongest guy. Uh, you know, hold people up in the suplex for, Mm -hmm. for a minute at a time and stuff so pretty uh again just shows you how much they're putting over the undertaker that he's able to have this effect on guys like warrior hogan bulldog Mm -hmm. absolutely and then taker hits that running dive and close on which kind of gets a little botched a little bit winds up being more of a shoulder block but that's neither here nor there and then taker gets some power from the urn he gets recharged 
and he's going to get the good old alien face hugger on Bulldog. Yep. Gets him, and they mentioned here that might have some of that embalming fluid to asphyxiate mm. the bulldog there. So, you know, he just kicks a little Q-tip and puts on his hand. Dips his hand in the jar before he comes out. You know, some guys so. pour water or oil, baby oil on themselves. He's got a jar of formaldehyde. He just dips his glove in before he walks yeah. out. Um, but his arm drops twice, and he, of course, wakes up, and he's he's, he's going to get get out of there because he's baby face. Paul Bear's doing his best to encourage Taker, though, as he's on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not hanging himself, but this time he's saying, The power of the urn compels you! The power of the urn compels you! The power of the urn compels you! <laughs> yeah, he's on it, dude. Oh, he's on it, man. I love Paul Bear so much. The Bulldog is able to hit that stalling vertical suplex now, but Taker sits up immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Bulldog's going to go for his patented power slam, and he does connect it this time. And uh, another another weird timing. I don't know if it's a botch. Paul Bear's too busy playing to the camera, not paying attention, maybe, because <laughs> he is supposed to run in for a distraction on Bulldog, and he is super late. Like, Bulldog mm. has to stand around pretending to not go for a pin here. Yeah. Um, but Paul Bear runs into the ring. Um, he runs after Paul Bear, and while he's doing that, Taker's going to grab the urn and nail the Bulldog with it. Yeah, he's going to hit him. It was like sitting on the apron, I think, when Taker grabs it, hits him with it, and then he's actually going to cross the arms over Bulldog um, and get the pin for the win. Uh, which is kind of cool. So uh, getting a win over the Bulldog, it's a big, big deal. deal. Absolutely. Yeah, even though if it was cheap, you know, lots of booze from the crowd, though, this one. They are not in the taker when he pins him cheaply like that. So, but uh, And I want to cool. point out something Taker did here, real subtle. Uh, I think we pointed it out. We talked about another match with the Bulldog uh, that he did this in. He nails Bulldog with the urn. And then Undertaker just gently sets the urn down yeah. because it's so precious and so it. important. No, he does not toss it to the outside. He doesn't like hide it from the referee. He takes his time putting this valuable urn down mm-hmm. after he hit a bulldog with it, which is just, you know, such great detail and attention to detail from him. Yep. Uh, and uh, they're going to pull the body bag out again to try to get a bulldog in the body bag this time. And we're going to get the same ending as the Warrior match. Basically, he gets clothes on over the top rope. Paul Bear pulls his hair, holds the urn from his face. They walk up the ramp, and Bulldog cheers, or gets cheered in the middle of the ring. So, yeah. Yeah. But fun what it was. Fun for what it was. Kind of classic costume video, cheap finish, uh, and then the baby face uh, is able to look strong, even if they don't win here. But uh, that'll take us from the British Bulldog to Great Britain to uh uh to um england here as uh we get this this is not our final match this is our fourth tape but this is probably my favorite one that we got to cover i don't think i've ever seen this one uh but it's i think believe it was a uk exclusive and it's now available on peacock which is awesome this is the battle at the royal or battle royal at the albert hall uh, the Royal, Royal Albert at the royal albert hall yeah it's royal battle at the royal albert royal <laughs> hall something like albert's that. Albert's Hall, yeah. Starring Marty Scott Applebaum. <laughs> Marty Applebaum. <laughs> oh, I had to look that guy up. Oh, yeah. But uh, this one, thank God, is hosted dude. by Gorilla Monsoon and Sir Robert of Heenan, Lord yes. Brain. He calls himself, I am Sir Robert of Heenan, Lord oh, Brain. What a breath. I miss this man so much. Music to my ears. 
Oh, did you catch the uh, not safe for work commentary that they had right at the beginning about the queen and where she's located, where she's sitting? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Okay. Well, I don't know I'll if I was paying attention. I'll let people leave it. I'll let people discover it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, where this she, is. Uh, I don't know if they meant it or not, but it was very brutal. <laughs> like it was, I don't know, Heenan, I think Heenan made it. He definitely did, whatever he yeah. said. Uh, I believe this was like a UK exclusive TV special or pay-per-view special back in 91, October 3rd, 91, this takes place. And this is different than all these other Colosseum videos, which are just match compilations from different right. shows. This is a literal like two-hour event, all from the right. Royal Albert Hall, which is, oh, man, I, I so watched good. most of this show because it was so good. It's so unique, such a cool venue. Um, I think you reminded me that they did the uh, UK tournament here a few years ago yeah. for NXT UK and uh dude it's just it awesome. awesome the crowd yeah. is awesome um there's like a rockers nasty boys match at the beginning of the tape that's just the crowd is electric for um it's really 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 cool show i, I highly encourage people to check this out check out the whole thing if you've never seen it yeah it's a cool show and the UK fans you think they're wild and zany today they were wild and zany back then too man oh, yeah. was, they got the 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 cat calls, the soccer chants, the air horns, the thing mm-hmm. like, and they all know how many times to say whatever it is, and then to stop. Like they all stop in yes. unison, yes, and start in unison. It's amazing. But yeah, yeah, it was even happening back. Like I remember a lot of NXT UK stuff, seeing that and seeing just watching progress wrestling from over overseas and stuff. Just watching a lot of that and hearing a lot of it. But like just in the last ten years, but dude, dude they had it going on in '91 too, man. So they're wild. Very unique uh, uh, venue and atmosphere here. And like I said, it's kind of um, formatted like a live event. So yeah. we are going to get a live funeral parlor segment before this matchup takes place. So, of course, that was Paul Bear's interview segment back in the day. And they've got the set here with the uh, smoke and green lighting and everything and the casket as Paul Bear welcomes us to London and he talks about all the royalty that has passed through the doors of the legendary Albert Hall and where are they now? They're in the cemetery! Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, I missed the funeral parlor. It was good. So, yeah, we got the green lights and the smoke going around and he tells Hacksaw that tonight's a night he's going to join the grave and just murder everyone on the show i guess and i do want to step in here travis because this is weird timing to be covering that sort of promo with hacksaw jim duggan because i know he just talked about on social media that his cancer has come back in real life and we don't want to make light of that we right. just want to send our well wishes out to hacksaw uh, a legend uh and uh one of our favorites and we do hope he makes a full recovery oh. here absolutely yeah. big old ho and a 
Thumbs up for Hacksaw. On that TV title in the trash can, cleaning the bathroom in WCW. <laughs> good stuff, man. He's the man, and I uh, hope that he does make a full recovery here. But um, Absolutely. Weird to be talking about him facing The Undertaker, but that's what it is, man. We got a singles match with Undertaker and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and then Undertaker's going to compete in the show-closing Battle Royal after this. But, uh, dude, we've talked about... Paul Bear at home in the funeral parlor. That was an awesome moment to talk about. And uh, this might be even better than that, this next moment that comes up on this tape. Because on last month's episode, episode 200, we talked about the top 10 greatest Undertaker entrances of all time. And we both made our list. Uh, we talked about our list. The fans talked about their list. We talked about so many classic entrances. Brother, we missed one that might take a spot in our top tens if I had to redo it right here on this VHS tape. Yeah, this one was pretty pretty neat, man. There's a there's a fella okay, so the Royal Albert Hall has a giant pipe organ. Oh in beautiful. It. Like, yeah, it's amazing. And uh dude in a Phantom of the Opera mask, which again, how no. prophetic is that? Huh? He has face paint on. Yeah. He does yeah. not have a face mask. Paint. They couldn't Phantom find a Phantom Opera. mask, so they just painted paint. his face yeah. Phantom of the Opera style. <laughs> Even better. But he's playing the pipe organ, you know, it's it. And he's sitting there in like a cape and the painted thing, which, again, I thought was pretty prophetic because Taker would go on to wear that mask later on. So but he's playing the music, dude, he's playing Taker's ta- entrance. music. Yeah, Taker's entrance music on the pipe organ in the Royal Albert Hall. So pretty cool. Dude, I cannot believe I've never heard of this. I've never heard of it in my never life. Never seen it before. No. Why does this not get talked about? Because this is literally this is his first epic entrance, not SummerSlam 92 or uh, WrestleMania 9. This right here, because this is so unique and special. They didn't do anything like this for anybody else on no. the show. But, you know, Taker's music is the organ, uh, you know, the funeral march. And they actually have a man. I mean, it is live. It's not pre-recorded. Yeah. He is, it, it sounds different. It's not the recorded version. It's not fake. No. He is literally playing the organ. I'm sure he's a staff guy. At Royal Albert Hall or something like that. This was unbelievable. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, um, I, I have no idea how this is just snuck by us these last five years. Uh, so. Lord Heenan even says, Does Phantom of the Opera come to mind? A hair standing on the back of my arm. I got hair standing where I don't have hair. This is eerie. <laughs> He's on some not safe for work stuff all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so cool. Oh, he's he's funny, man. Yeah, and again, comes Taker's out, and Gorilla says that Taker has formaldehyde running through to his veins, and he says, <laughs> "The guy's just not real." <laughs> oh man, I, I tell you what's unreal is Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming out here, waving the red, white, and blue stars and stripes in the Royal Albert Hall, and I just wrote that literally no one else on the planet Earth could get fans in the United Kingdom to chant USA, USA, yes. but Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's and the only that's man. why he's the legend. Commander-in-chief right there. Oh <laughs> he, he should work for United Nations. Yeah. <laughs> but Heenan calls him the resident dummy, which is hilarious. He comes out. <laughs> yeah, I just noted that too. Like, comes out American flag in the UK. Whole crowd loves it. Not, no one is booing him. No. He's getting one cheered, boo. getting USA chants. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. And yeah, you're right. Nobody else could make that happen but him. So uh, the bell rings and Taker immediately comes at him. So, of course, Hexall clotheslines him and he gets a perfect 10 landing on the outside. And he's back up and Taker punches or Taker gets punched off the apron again. 
Then we get that USA chant, you know, even more. Taker hits the apron stunner to a chorus of boos, man. He was definitely not a babyface here in the UK. No, he was not. And like Clockwork, Gorilla and Bobby, you start wondering who's in the urn, what what kind of things are in the urn. Um, Taker's choking Duggan, get some ref intimidation. With his grave digger paws, Bobby Heenan says. <laughs> his grave digger paws. He says he's hitting with, again, We I mentioned on episode one how he's always reminded me of grave digger. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the crowd is chanting USA, trying to hype up yeah. Jib Duggan. And so we get, funny. <laughs> get sort of a uh, slop drop spot uh, as uh, Ho- Duggan <laughs> just kind of collapses as Undertaker yeah. stalks him and goes yeah. after him. And Taker tries to jump on him and choke him to try and save it. And uh, great line here is Gorilla says, the Undertaker is just a man. He just he still puts on his pant legs one leg at a time. And the, uh, Bobby the Brain says, I doubt it. He may <laughs> never take those pants off. This man is not human. Oh, I miss Eden so much. Oh, He's so good. I, well, they, they start... Uh, go ahead. Oh, I just just talking about Heenan, I, I loved how excited you could tell he was to see the Undertaker. Yeah. And that's... Um, yeah. Even when Taker was a babyface and Bobby Heenan was always a heel, he would always be enthusiastic mm-hmm. about Undertaker, just talking about how unreal this guy was. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I loved about Heenan, is he would let his guard down, and you could tell when he was really excited about something. Um, and you you remember this, back in WCW, like he was a heel, but Bobby Heenan loved Goldberg. He yeah. loved to talk oh, about yeah. the streak. He would get hyped when Goldberg would come <laughs> yeah. out. He just thought he just saw this presence in Goldberg, yeah. and he would always uh, be pumped when Goldberg would have matches. And he was the same way with the Undertaker yeah. back in the day. Even Very when uh, Taker was a face and he was a heel, he would be excited about it here. And I, I loved that about the Brain. Oh, he's the best man. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, after that random fall hacksaw had Taker goes for old school, and again, which would have been new school at this point. Indeed, but yeah, he hits it. And uh, Heenan then just goes on and imagines that Taker and Jack the Ripper just having a good time, jumping from <laughs> rooftop to rooftop, just having a great night out on the town, I guess, just murdering folks and burying them. <laughs> that could know. be the next Netflix special uh, yeah. with Take, Taker and Jack the Ripper. Just <laughs> jumping from rooftop to My rooftop. My word. Yeah. Uh, boy, this match is uh, – our match quality is jumping downhill here as uh, – <laughs> Duggan was never the greatest in-ring performer here, but and this is just more punch and kicking, ref intimidation. Um, Jim Duggan gets a uh, lift job out of the corner, as the announcers call it. I'm not sure what that is, but he uh, uh, pulls Taker out of the corner. They knock each other down. Uh, Duggan goes on top of Taker and hits some punches uh, on top Only of the five, turnbuckle. Though. Only five, not quite ten. Uh, and then Duggan, out of nowhere, just... Walks outside of the ring uh, after beating up Undertaker and just randomly begins chasing Paul Bear around for no particular reason. He took the two by four. So. Oh, so yeah. they didn't show that on the camera. They didn't think. show it, but the commentary mentioned it. Yeah, so he takes a two by four and is walking away with it, and that's why he didn't, or that's why Hacksaw goes after him. And then Taker is going to come out and hit Hacksaw from behind and go in the ring, hit the running dive and clothesline, and then uh, Hacksaw again, the baby face. Finally gets the two by four back from Paul Bear and then just smacks the Undertaker in the gut with it to lose by DQ. Um, just big faces being heels, dude, in early 90s WWF. Every single match. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And uh, 
yeah, Duggan protects himself by not losing here. But the interesting part, as the Heena notes, Duggan nailed Taker with the two by four in the stomach and the back, but Undertaker did not leave his feet. He did not go. go down. It uh, did not even barely phase him. Uh, but uh, Duggan knocks him out of the ring, and he ends up landing on his feet, and Taker is led out away by, by Paul Bearer to protect himself for the uh, upcoming match in the Battle Royal coming yeah. up next. Got to save himself for the next match. He's got a big prize at the end. But yeah, Hacksaw celebrating in the ring as if he just won. The crowd's just all over it. I'm so confused. Like, I don't know, man. They, these guys just don't care about wins and losses, I guess. Nope. So, nope. But got to get that babyface heat, man, at the end, you know? That's it. That is one thing WF <laughs> was good at was babyface heat at the end. NWA was getting heel heat. WCW. They're getting baby face heat. You know, somehow it didn't matter. It didn't yeah, matter. They, they won. They they're still around. Yep, so. they got to cheer. The crowd got to love it. Uh, yeah. Well, then we got to talk about this main event, man. We got uh, the main event of this uh, tape of this show is the prestigious Battle yeah. Royal at the Albert Hall um, for the Royal Samovar Trophy. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know if it's as prestigious as the Agro Crag or the Two Weight Trophy from Saudi Arabia. Which Taker has. He does have, and maybe that's why he wanted it so bad, because he, he missed out on the Royal Samovar Trophy, which is a, um, we see, revealed, is a Russian teapot. That is what a, a Royal Russian Samovar is. Yes. <laughs> why are we auctioning off a Russian tea dispenser? Uh, but my favorite thing of the whole night, I think, is Bobby Heenan says only in the World Wrestling Federation could you get twenty men fighting for a teapot? <laughs> <laughs> like, Even he's, he's calling out, calling it on this season. He doesn't care. So I don't know the history of this Royal Samovar. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why this was. It's happening. just on Vince's calendar, Word of the Day calendar. He found. And he's like, oh, we're gonna do that. Like he just doesn't care. This. Uh, I'm sure it's just a prop they bought at Home Goods or, or Michaels or something like that. They just found there. It's uh, hilarious. But um, unfortunately for you, Travis, Lord Alfred Hayes is going to join us for commentary yeah. for this main event. Uh, but he, he is going to. Um, uh, they uh, sorry, the ring announcer is going to explain that the rules are simple for this match. Mm-hmm. By whatever means necessary, a man must be thrown over the top row, making contact with the floor on the outside. This is the process of elimination. This process continues until one man remains in the ring. That survivor is declared as the winner of this royal match. And as a reward for his effort, that man is to be presented with the Royal Samovar. Got Sim- it. Simple enough? Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Um, and this is cool. We're actually going to get entrances for all 20 guys. Well, first up's your boy. Texas Tornado. Texas Tornado. Love him. Natural disasters out next. Yeah, Tito Santana looking forty-seven years old yeah. as always. We got the Rockers, the Barbarian, Barbarian, Big Bossman over as crap in the UK. Heck when yes. B- Bossman comes out, he gets up to this point the biggest pop. It is insane. Power and glory. Ric Flair is going to be there, and he is the uh, real world's champion, uh, mm-hmm. as he has just debuted, and Heenan's going to uh, get some digs in on Hogan, saying, why is Hogan not here? He's out in Hollywood making movies. The real world <laughs> champ, Ric Flair, is here. Yep. And, and then uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out, and the brain talks about what a disgrace Jim Duggan would be to win this Royal Samovar. He would just get jelly stains all over it and fill it with Kool-Aid. <laughs> Jelly stains. <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> 
<laughs> so good. Then the Road Warriors, and then at that point, they are nobody's getting a pop bigger than them, man. Like, not even Flair, but like Road Warriors come out. Road and they Warrior get that pop. Road pop. It is insane. Bulldog, huge pop. And then the Undertaker, and then Roddy Piper. So listen to that. Yeah. The Road, that's the lineup. This is the last, whatever, one, two, the last five. Ric Flair, Road Warriors, British Bulldog, Undertaker, Roddy Piper. That That's is insane. 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 So, oh, man. This is a 20-man lineup, star-studded, dude. Some Hall of Famers, legends, uh, not a bad uh, uh, man in the bunch here. Very, very cool. And uh, Not a... Not a roid-free body in the bunch. Oh, either, that, definitely maybe not. Brian definitely Nobbs. not. <laughs> yeah, knobs and sags. <laughs> they probably get jelly stains on the sandbar. Oh, easily. Dude, when Roddy comes in, he just immediately goes for Ric Flair. Yes. I love it, dude. Just instantly going for Flair. And then T- Taker grabs your boy Texas Tornado, man. Yeah. Tries to, tries to rope the wind, dude, right there from the get-go. <laughs> Garth Brooks stuff, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and he's not successful with it there. But um, yeah, we don't need to hit all the action no. points in here. It's a battle Punch royal joke. <laughs> but I will tell you what, man, I love a good old battle royal. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind seeing it because it's it's fun to see everybody in there. It's fun to see these guys just kind of having fun and, and goofing off and uh, different pairings and different eliminations in there. Uh, there's my, one of my favorite eliminations early on is. Uh, Piper gets uh, Nasty Boy Nobbs on the apron, and uh, Nobbs just he, he saves himself, and then he stands up, and P- Piper just pokes him off the apron with <laughs> yeah. one finger and knocks him off the apron yeah. and eliminates That's so him. Funny. That's hilarious. That's a good one. My I think my favorite uh, elimination up to this point was um, <clears throat> Michael. At some point, not Michael Hayes, Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah, right, right after that, the finger poke. Hayes says, one of the rockets is gone. I believe that's Monty Gennetti. And then Heenan goes, that ah, doesn't matter. <laughs> Which is a little bit of prophecy. <laughs> doesn't he, matter. He was such an afterthought. Like once him and Sean broke up, I was like, he had no idea. He was prophesying. He's like, ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> How rude. It's so funny. Uh, there's some cool stuff with uh, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels facing off with each other, mm-hmm. you know, considering their history later on. And then Taker does get to be sort of a focal point here. The announcers yeah. are always pointing him out, to, uh, showing him on camera, talking about him being able to withstand all the pain and all the shots from the different people that are hitting him, how dominant he is Plus here. Plus he had a match thing. and got hit in the gut by a two-by-four already. Yeah, he's already mm-hmm. had all that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hacksaw gets the two by four again and nails Earthquake with it uh, to knock him out, and the crowd loves that. They just eat that up. Yeah, babyface Hacksaw once again eliminating the guy. After he's been eliminated, Hacksaw had already been eliminated. Came back in, back in, eliminated the guy. Like Austin did that in the '97 Rumble, but he's a heel. Yep, doesn't matter. (laughs) Oh, but then then Flair and Roddy go back and forth, and then Roddy tosses Flair over the top, so he's out, man. He's out. Uh, and then Piper crotches Taker on top rope, and it's like shakes the rope up and down. So Taker's crotch, which again usually used for a comedy spot, but he was used on Taker here. But then Taker headbutts him, saunders around. Glory gets eliminated. Animals tossed over by Taker. Now we're down to the final six here. Yeah, the final six are the Mountie, Typhoon, Big Boss Man, British Bulldog, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and the Undertaker here. So uh, again, 
six big guys, six big stars there at the end. And Taker's going to go to clothesline Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper's going to duck, and he is going to eliminate The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Taker's not going to be happy about that, and he immediately pulls up and yanks Piper out of the ring right there as well and eliminates him. So they're going to brawl and uh, fight up the aisle out of there as they are out of here, man. They're the, uh, they're eliminated. Taker's gone. Uh, and yes. That- and now we got Mountie Typhoon, Bulldog and boss man. And I just wrote, gee, I wonder who's winning this one. Ah, I wonder who it could be. <laughs> yeah. And then, so Bossman and but I will say it's cool. In. They kind of reset here. Jimmy Hart yeah. is manager of both Typhoon and Mountie, and he like pulls them over and they huddle, have a little strategy here. You know, as long as one of those two guys win, they're going to be okay with it here. Yeah, and then but Heenan makes a rare flubby dub, and he says that Jimmy Hart's organization is going to take out the British Bulldogs single handedly. Mm. Which how could you do that if it's two of you? Yeah, <laughs> so. not quite, not quite. <laughs> yeah. But it is kind of neat to reset, and you got you got Canada versus USA, a boss man and Mountie. You know, both guys that patrol and keep our streets safe on different different parts of the world. Um, Bulldog tries to throw Typhoon over, and the, dude, the crowd is up for that, trying to get you know cheer on Bulldog. He's trying to throw this big big guy over, and Mountie saves him. They team up on Bulldog commentary. Do keep mentioning Bulldog just competed against the Barbarian right before this match. It was the match right before this, so. Uh, and then Typhoon accidentally sends Mountie over the top rope, so now he's lost his friend. Yeah, Typhoon's going to go for a big splash. Uh, you said he hits Mountie, knocks him out. Um, and then uh, the final two are Bulldog and Typhoon. Bulldog keeps running into Typhoon, but he won't go down. He goes for a drop kick, and he does knock him down. Um, Typhoon gets back up. He runs Bulldog into the corner, clotheslines him. Runs after him again, and Bulldog back body drops him over the top rope as the crowd just goes nuts. Freaking oh, yeah. huge pop. That's why I love Battle Royals. You can just work yeah. the crowd up into that. Lord Alfred on commentary is going nuts. He he loves it, too. Uh, uh, British pride, Great Britain pride. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's not quite over yet, as the natural disasters are going to team back up as Earthquake runs back down, and they're going to try to get some heat on the Bulldog. Yeah, they actually do. They start going at him and uh, kind of decimating Bulldog here. And then he can, he's going to get saved by a returning Andre the Giant, who is wow. limp, limping out on a cane. And he looks like he's been at the bowling alley, and he just came, he's got like a bowling <laughs> shirt and like velvet pants on. And he, But it is cool to see him come back. He's got a cane, he's coming down, and the crowd is cheering for seeing Andre again. And then uh, Bulldog celebrates with the crowd here. It's a pretty cool ending to the yeah, show. Yeah, he uh, he drops his crutch, his cane, yeah. and double headbutts the natural disasters, hits him with the crutch, sends him packing. A very, very cool moment. I believe this was Andre's final WWF televised appearance uh, oh, okay. before he passed away uh, in 1993. But, yeah, I mean, he looks in terrible shape but uh yeah. the fans love seeing him there and it's a great moment very special moment very cool moment as bulldog yeah. um takes the royal samovar trophy takes it home with him and i remember the commentators i had never seen this match but i remember commentators for years would talk about bulldog winning the famous battle royal at the royal albert hall so it was a big deal a uh, big moment very cool to see and I, I highly encourage people to go check this whole tape out on the uh on the network oh i highly encourage it and it's even Apparently being watched by people that we aren't even suggesting. Tell us about this, man. This is <laughs> unbelievable. This is wow. You, I would not believe this if someone told me this. So I watched this match. I guess it was a week or two ago uh, to get ready for the show. 
literally on whatever night it was, Monday night, Tuesday night, whatever it was. I'll say I watched it on Tuesday night. Wednesday morning at work, I got a guy come up to me, and he's his son, youngest son, is getting into wrestling. But he's not getting into wrestling nowadays. He's getting into the old stuff, you know. He's raising him upright. Yeah. So he said, man, we watched some show last night, some Royal Rumble from, like, England, some Royal out. I said, dude, what? He said, yeah, something <laughs> British Bulldog. I said, when Andre comes back at the end, he's like, yeah. And I was like, dude, and, like, you watched the whole show? I said, yeah, yeah, I watched the whole show. He's like, yeah, some battle roll for some teapot and so I was like, dude, I watched it last night. He's like, no, you didn't, Travis. I was like, yes, I did. I watched it. He's like, no, you're just kidding me. I'm like, I'm not kidding with you. I watched this match last night for the podcast. He's like, there's no way. I said, I'm telling you, dude, we, you and I both watched the same match. Just He watched it randomly, and I was watching it with purpose. He watched it with this match with his son randomly like that Unreal. Tuesday night. Unbelievable. So I thought that was pretty cool piece of trivia there. So very funny. Uh, of the ten thousand shows that are yes. uh, WWE shows that are on Peacock, uh, yeah. he picked this one. This yeah. random costume. Y'all are probably the only two people watching it simultaneously. Uh, yes, yes. Well, so bizarre trivia here. I want you. We talk about the guys and their bodies and what they look like. How old do you think Typhoon is here? Typhoon, nineteen ninety one. Mm. Just think about how the way okay. he looks. Yep. Think about his body. Obviously, I'm leading the question. It's you are. Kinda... <laughs> I say he looks 40. Uh, I, I'm going to guess he's 28. He's 34. Okay. 34. Okay. But I just look at me and like, I don't feel like I look great at all. Like at 36, but I feel really great when I watch <laughs> Typhoon. I think of myself two years ago and what I look like. And this guy had a skullet and was 800 pounds. Like he just, it's amazing to me how, just how all these guys looked at such a young age yep. back then. The road was like, tough, man. It's just <laughs> crazy. was tough back then. He was 34. So, oh, man. Yeah. And is he, uh, that's old Cody's Uncle Fred. That's the Shockmaster. Yeah. <laughs> Cody's Uncle Fred. So. Yep. Uh, getting anyway. his big moment there in the Battle Royal. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's about time to return our tapes to the video store. We got one last match to watch yeah. uh, AW, bef- before we get a late right? fee. Yeah. <laughs> Rampage 1992 oh, here from the WWF. It. And we actually talked about this one a couple months ago because the first match on the tape is Undertaker versus Razor Ramon. Uh, we talked about on our Scott Hall tribute episode. Uh, so since we already covered that, we're going to move to the main event of this tape, uh, which is Undertaker teaming up with his former foe, with his former rival, the Ultimate Warrior, to take on the wildcard team of the Berserker and Papa Shango. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Papa Shango. But first, before we get to that, we got to open up with Sean Mooney murdering a guy in cold blood in the middle of a western <laughs> town outside of a saloon. So, Straight up kills just- man. Kill the guy right there. Yeah, it's one of those. This is like a Wild West scene that played through, and there's so much of this. But yeah, uh, do yourself a favor. So if you watch this match, also I want you to watch the second match on the card Thank on the show. Yes. It's Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, and it'll absolutely blow you away. It was. It could. It could have been on Double or Nothing the other night. It could have been on a Takeover. It is insane. Those guys were magic together. And this is just a house show match on Call Sin Video. And yeah. it is stupid good. You recommended it to me after the Razor match, and I watched it. 
and then I went and watched it again when I watched this. So it's so freaking good. Yeah, I remember we were doing the Razor match, and I just mm-hmm. let, let, let the tape keep playing and, and watch that. Uh, and look, how many we've, we've all seen Brett and Sean a million times. Like we've seen them face off so many times. But this one, I remember like I was almost jumping out of my seat, like yeah, popping the at near the near falls. falls. I had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, it was so exciting. Very, very cool match. Uh, there's another giant battle royal, 40 man battle royal on this tape as well. Man, just, just some great random stuff. If you've never gone through these Coliseum videos on the network, you can find some true hidden gems in there. Uh, will this be one of them? Let's see. Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior, Berserker, Papa Shango. Two, two guys that he feuded with, uh, you know, sort of, uh, uh, again, on TV. Never quite had pay-per-view matches, but there's some, you know, some TV rivalries with these guys here. Uh, and this one's going to take place in June of 1992 with Gorilla Monsoon joining Lord Alfred for commentary here. From Cornwall, Ontario, Canada. Woohoo! So, but I'll tell you what, man, looking like, look, just look at that. Look at those characters you got right there, and just look at the like. Yes, sir. If you're flipping through, or you see this on a tape, this is like it's like superheroes. It's a dead man, a guy with face paint who's a maniac, and you got this voodoo guy, and you got this crazy Viking-looking man of the you know caves berserker guy. Like it's just it's very character-driven stuff that would catch the eye of a child, you know. And that's what their market was at the time, and it's perfect. Imagine being there in person. Yeah. Imagine being a oh, kid yeah. seeing just this spectacle. My word of the day, my word of the month, like just over it's like the top the characters in yeah, real, but in person. Yeah, it's not on a big screen. You're yeah. there yeah, seeing no all this screen, face no paint screen, and CGI. tassels and swords yeah. and smoke that yeah. smoking skull that Papa Shango's coming out with all of his accessories here. Oh, dude, I, I can't believe. I still will never understand why Papa Shango didn't get over bigger. Because uh, yeah. as a kid, I, I thought, oh my gosh, that guy's. Just as scary as the Undertaker. I, I yeah. love that gimmick. It jumped off the screen to me. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> take yeah your... I, I wrote my notes like just the presence that Shango had. The fans were mesmerized by him on the way out. It really, really like almost as much. Not quite on Taker level, but up there. Oh yeah, you know, they really were. Um, yeah, but... Taker gets a great pop on his. Yeah, so I was gonna say we've seen heel so Taker good. for these previous five matches, and it's fun to see. The changeover as we mm-hmm. see the hats, we see the foam tombstones and yeah. the crowd, we see posters and we see how quickly he's become a beloved character rather than a feared character. Yeah, and then Gorilla even talks about something with regards to these characters. You know, Berserker and Papa Shango are standing in the ring and Taker enters and Gorilla Monsoon even says, how much confidence do you have to have in yourself to enter the ring by yourself with those two guys standing there? I know. It's I know it's part of the story, but it's pretty it's just pretty cool to see that and then picking up on that little nuance there. I like that. It absolutely is. And uh as cool as that was, Lord Alfred pissed me off right here because he calls the urn a vase. <laughs> Not an urn, a vase, a vase. Like, what are you doing? You've been calling these yeah, matches for two, two years. years. What are you talking about? I think he is he's a very young man, he's very able, but he certainly wrestles with a mature instinct. A natural grasp for the way of wrestling here in the World Wrestling Federation. Two partners here. It's difficult to imagine anybody being better than these two. The Ultimate Warrior and The Undertaker. Paul Bearer having the distinction there of leading his man into the ring. Of course, holding that vase, vase or false. Weird, well, but... Uh, I rest my case. Yep. Yeah. 
uh, Berserker and Papa Shango have Mr. Fuji as their manager, uh, which I don't know if we pointed that out. But like you said, they're in the ring, and Ultimate Warrior, he's going to torpedo to the <laughs> ring like yeah. he's shot out of a cannon, as usual. The kids and the adults in the crowd are all popping and loving it. And the Berserker rolls to the outside. He grabs an Ultimate Warrior poster or a sign from a kid, rips it up, and then starts eating it. <laughs> like a mad He's man. berserk, man. He's berserk. So, oh, it's funny. But uh, yeah, Warrior comes in, and when he gets in the ring, him and Taker stare down each other. They they're don't not immediately, friends. They're not best friends. No. Yeah. I like that little nuance there. So they kind of get each other's... Well, Warrior's the aggressor here. He's, he gets in... Uh, again, the baby face gets in Taker's face, and uh, it's pretty cool. But uh, I do like that little nuance there. Both of them kind of team up, and they big boot their opponents, and their opponents go over the top rope with a clothesline. So they're they're teaming up together. They are the able beginning. to use their forces, their powers together, uh, like the Avengers. Like you said, they don't always like each other, but they team up against evil here. Um, they're going to pose together after they knock the heels out of the ring. But as Warrior is posing, Undertaker is staring him down. Mm-hmm. Really interesting dynamic. And uh, Papa Shango and Berserker are not eager to get back in the ring. Uh, Berserker does eventually hop back in. And him and Tra- Taker are going to start things off. Trading shots against each other. And Taker is going to choke Berserker in the corner. Yeah, and there's a drop kick uh, from Berserker. And then, again, goes over the top. There's a perfect 10 landing goes to pull Taker up uh, or no Taker pulls him out from under the rope and then rolls him in uh, uh, goes in the ring Warrior tags in does all his power moves on Berserker just kind of hitting the greatest hits here Papa Shango hits Warrior in the back with his staff I think he yeah has it's a voodoo stick yeah and I to me the ref was staring right at him and he just couldn't care less nope. so, but <clears throat> it's fine then Shango tags in and starts working over the Warrior and then for some reason commentary or discussing whether the undertaker is smiling or not so yeah <laughs> just in their own world sometimes yeah. on these tapes lord Alfred hayes calls him the emotionless mortician Ooh, that's, that's another, another new, new nickname yeah. there you go <laughs> yeah. um and warrior's gonna be kind of the the baby face in peril here he's gonna get mm-hmm. worked over and uh, they're gonna cut off the tag before he can get to undertaker our our tag team specialist the undertaker here uh uh, they they keep trading in and, and working over Taker, but uh, Warrior's going to block a big boot and hit a double headbutt on Papa Shango and the Berserker. Um, uh, Shango hits a running clothesline to put Warrior down again. They double team in the corner again, and this crowd has been kind of silent so far, but mm-hmm. they're finally getting into it. You know, w- Taker's not over on the apron, like, you know, starting the class right. or the chance at this point in time. So it's kind of a weird dynamic for him to be uh, the guy on the outside, but the crowd does start getting into it, trying to wake warrior up and warrior's going to back body drop the berserker out of the ring to create some space to go make that hot tag to the undertaker. Oh yeah. Taker gets the hot tag comes in with a choke slam or as I think Albert Hayes calls him a power lift. To Berserker. <laughs> I don't think it had a name of Chokeslam yet, maybe. So he calls him it the might power not have. Yeah. And then hits a diving clothesline to Papa Shango. Again, they're kind of, the, both the heels are in the ring. Kind of double goozles both of them. Shoves them into Warrior, who hits a double clothesline on both of them. Then shoulder blocks Papa Shango. And then Warrior, not the legal man, no. does his little running uh, body splash on Berserker. Pins him without even tagging in. So No worries. 
It's all good. Not the legal man, but he does get the pinfall here. So the uh, baby faces win. Warrior and Undertaker get the big win. And they're going to reach hey. out and shake hands. Yeah. yeah. Do a little Mega Powers uh, handshake here uh, cautiously uh, as this match is over. So a cool moment as we come full circle from them being rivals now coming together as partners here at the end to send the fans home uh, and our listeners home happy. Yep, exactly. That does it for Call Sim Classics Part 1, man. It's uh, some fun stuff. I'd recommend you go check out. Uh, you know, definitely check out the Royal Albert Hall show. You know? That's the hidden gem. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, at home with Paul Bear. <laughs> yes. If nothing else, please go watch both of those, that entrance from the Royal Albert Hall and, and uh-huh. Paul Bear at home. Take 10 minutes to watch those two things. Just incredible stuff. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you indulging me, Travis, and letting us do this uh, episode and go back uh, to uh, the wheelhouse of nostalgia here and talk about some home video, Coliseum video classics. And uh, I hope the hope you enjoyed it. I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. And if so, then there are a bunch more of these on on Peacock uh, that we can dig into sometime for a future Talking Taker episode. Yes, I tell you what, they are more fun to talk about than watch sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> some of them are kind of when you got all these jokes and stuff, but uh hope you guys enjoy. If you don't want to watch them, let's listen to what we have to say and we'll, we'll help them again. Do watch Royal Albert Hall. If you were there at the Royal Albert Hall, we want to hear you. Or if you were there at that one show and had the Casio Keytar, and we're playing it. We want to know if that was you. If your so. name is J.B. Franklin the second or Marty Applebaum, we Marty want Applebaum. to hear from you, and we uh, yeah. you have an open invite to be on the show. <laughs> uh, so that does it here for this month's edition of Talking Taker. I want to say thank you to everybody for listening and tuning in uh, next month. Uh, so you know we've been kind of doing some fan votes or just kind of doing some random stuff. I, we, I, I will go ahead and announce for next month for our July 2000, uh, 2022 episode, <laughs> we're going to go back 20 years uh, to July 2002. So, uh, you know, I think we're guilty, Travis, sometimes of hanging out in the 90s too much. But uh, there's a great anniversary match that I want to celebrate for next month's edition of Talking Taker, and that is Vengeance 2002, a match that both uh, made both of our, I believe, our top 10 Undertaker matches of all time. I think so. It was definitely in our top 20s, I think. I mm-hmm. think it was both of our top 10s. But I think sort of a hidden gem, a forgotten classic, uh, triple threat match between The Undertaker, Kurt Angle, and The Rock. That um, is one of the best three-way matches of all time. And uh, I think that one deserves a uh, watch-along review here uh, for its 20th anniversary. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely does. So, yeah, we'll be checking that one out next month. So go back and uh, don't revisit it. Watch it with us. Please. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that'll be cool. A different, Definitely a different pace here than these Coliseum video matches. I think a slightly higher uh, work rate in that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, go check out that vintage episode uh, as we reviewed it back originally. Go check out some of our other videos. We are... Uh, yeah, videos on YouTube or podcast. We've reviewed some other Coliseum videos that were dedicated exclusively to The Undertaker back in our archives, so go check those out. Uh, go check out our monthly episodes that we've been doing. Be sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, following us on social media. Uh, I actually did have a couple comments I will pull up here uh, to talk about, but uh, as I'm doing that, Travis, why don't you uh, give a little plug ski for your latest project and your new release that's come out since our last podcast came out yeah it's called sirens it's uh, one of my music projects and it's got uh not just me it's got some female vocalists on it too three of my dear friends 
go to church with me, uh, brought them in the studio with me and redid two songs and added a new song and uh, it's got another new song for me. So just go check it out. I appreciate you guys support. If you listen to it, if it's not your cup of tea, it's fine. If it's not your cup of samovar, I appreciate it anyway. But yeah, go check it out on any any streaming service that you have. It's Travis White, Sirens. Absolutely. Definitely go check that out. Listen to all of Travis's music. Be sure you're following him out there. Uh, shout out to some people who commented on Twitter about these Coliseum video matches. Uh, Randy Turco at Pokey's Little Dog said, uh, quote, you locked me in a casket and tried to murder me by suffocation, but we do have common enemies now, so let's form a tag team. Only in wrestling. Talking mm-hmm. about Undertaker and Ultimate yep. Warriors rivalry. A uh, great way to sum it up. Uh, and um, Ben Dombeck, who is at Lord Darth Yoda on Twitter, a uh, great Twitter handle, he said, Was that Jim Johnston playing on the organ at the Royal Albert Hall? <laughs> Could have been. I don't think it was, but uh, you know, you never know. Didn't quite look like him, but uh, I like that call. That's a good, good thought, at least. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, um, Polly Richards, at Polly Richards. Uh, we heard from him. We've heard from him before, but he said, now I shared on Twitter uh, this Coliseum video stamp of The Undertaker. So what happened back in the day is you'd rent a Coliseum video and sometimes you get a free gift, like a little sticker, a little hologram, basically the same thing. Well, this was a stamp that had The Undertaker on it. And he said, I have many of these Coliseum stamps, Taker and others, and I was going to put them on my wedding invites to all my friends when I got married, but COVID shut down the wedding and we only had uh, limited people attend, so he didn't get to send those (sighs) out. But can you imagine that? Dude, that's awesome. (laughs) You get a stamp in the top corner. It's Undertaker from 1992. It's awesome. Uh, And then lastly, Tommy on the spot. Watch along, Tommy. He actually texted this to me, uh, so it's not on social media, but he said, uh, one of these costume videos, uh, we talked about some of those vignettes and, and scenes in there. One of them has Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene, I think, uh, on a golf course, just like yeah, uh, piddling around, just doing stupid comedy stuff on a golf course. He said he's actually played on that golf course in Stanford, Connecticut before, uh, the Sterling Farms Golf Course. He recognized it, so he's actually played out there. The Forrest Gump of wrestling. Of course you have, Tommy. Of course, of course you've you been have. out there. I'm not surprised by anything anymore with you. Nope, not at all. But, uh, Amazing. Some cool stuff there. Uh, go subscribe, of course, uh, to our friends of the podcast, The Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, and Collecting Dead Man for more great content out there. And again, can't wait to see you guys next month for our July episode. And uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, our social media for more content uh, until we get there. And uh, man, this was uh, longer than I thought it'd be, Travis, but why don't you wrap us up? 10 4. All right, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll see you next month. Stay safe out there. Enjoy your summer. Have a good time. Be safe. And most importantly, above all, take her easy.
You keep it up, and that's where you'll be, right over there in the Queen's box in just a moment.